0: Welcome to The Word from Bethlehem Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Abigail Zhang Hoffman. And I'm Pastor
1: Amy Walter-Peterson. Thanks for dwelling in the Word with us today.
0: Welcome to The Word podcast for the week of June 19th. This week, we have a rebroadcast of a word you've already heard last month. Um, Perhaps it seems a little early in our podcasting to already be doing a rebroadcast, but this word is one that Pastor Amy and I shared in the middle of May as part of our 100th anniversary celebrations. It's our reflection on how BLC is rooted in the past and growing into our future to share God's love. Um, We reflect on all of the anniversary guests we've heard from, as well as share our own reflections about the future for this congregation and how we might continue to be a force in this community that shares God's love among the people of Fairport and wherever this podcast finds you. We talk about BLC as Building Lasting Community, B-L-C and invite you to think about what that might look like uh, in the months and
1: years to come. So have a listen. Today's gospel comes from John, the 13th chapter, beginning at the 31st verse. When Judas had gone out, Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you. Where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also should love one another. By this, every one will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. Well, friends, I have a surprise I'm not alone today. It is so good to be together and um, to be preaching together today, Pastor Amy. Absolutely, Pastor Hoffman. Um, someone asked me recently if uh, I missed preaching since we've had so many anniversary guests that we have been sharing lately. And I have. I have missed preaching, but I've also really appreciated hearing from those anniversary guests that have w- been with us over the last couple of months. Um I have appreciated the way they have shared their experiences and their history and their memories of Bethlehem. Um, And if you've been at Bethlehem at all during that time, you know that there's been this whole living history all on the church walls everywhere you look.
0: Yeah, and it's really allowed us to be immersed in that history. I mean, kind of physically immersed among the pictures, immersed in the stories and the reflections shared by our guests, um, and it actually feels like I've been transported back in time to kind of tour this congregation's history. And that's important because one of the things that I have learned in ministry is how long but also how short institutional memory can be. What
1: do you mean by that?
0: Well, I mean, there are some stories that I have heard many times, stories that define our history in certain ways, like like what a big deal it was to turn the sanctuary 90 degrees, um, and how special and how unique our tracker organ is, how we had grown to the point that we were bursting at the seams, and we needed to undertake that big visionary building project twenty years ago. Um, I think the tagline for it was "Building a Better Bethlehem," and it it gave us the marvelous gathering space that we have in the narthex and all of the meeting rooms and classrooms and office space. But there's also so much more to our story. There's more nuance. There's more detail. There are more perspectives that have just been forgotten or simply missed over time. And we've gotten to hear
1: some of those over the past year as well. Right, right. Like um, hearing from some of those people who were part of our earliest history as a congregation. Yeah.
0: Uh, One of our guests I I really appreciated um, recently was Pastor Hembrock. He was the first member of BLC to go on to seminary back in the 1950s, and he talked about the significant relationships that helped him become rooted, both in a community and in his faith. He spoke especially about his godfather, who did more than keep him in line, but took such an interest in him and his formation as a child of God that Pastor Hembrock thought he was his only godchild. He only learned years later as a young adult that his godfather actually had many godchildren in the congregation. And I just keep thinking about what a gift to all those kids who experienced just how uniquely special they were. Yeah,
1: yeah, absolutely. Relationships are definitely one of the threads that we have heard from many of our anniversary guests over the last several months. Um, The people, and you've said this, the people have always made Bethlehem special. And not because all of the people are all of one mind or they have the same ideas about things. When Pastor Garner was here at the beginning of April, he talked about this in the context of when the sanctuary was turned 90 degrees. That change was not made without conflict. Not everyone was immediately supportive of that change. But it was done thoughtfully and it was done with conversation and honoring the relationships and with an awareness that we could love our history as a church and we could also love our fair forebears, but we could also keep turning in new directions. There was an interview that was done with Pastor Garner for our 100th anniversary, and it's available to watch at church, but in it he says, We respected so dearly the elders of this parish, but we said the future needed us to change. We build on the past, but we step forward into the future. That is such an important reminder. Yeah. New Directions
0: has just been an ongoing theme throughout our history. When the circumstances around us changed, our context changed, the congregation consistently changed with it. In the video greeting that he sent to us, um, it was shared after worship uh, a couple months ago, Pastor Paul Adler, who is one of the five sons of BLC, Pastor Dallas Adler, who served here in the 1960s, um, Pastor Adler talked about turning from agrarian roots to a more suburban focus. Um, And in that video, you mentioned Pastor Amy, uh, a former member, uh, Joe Beeler. She talked about how for the first few decades of this congregation, Bethlehem was a church of farmers and small business owners, and in her words, simple, hardworking people. And the change from a rural and small town parish to a suburban congregation wasn't just a change that happened around us in the community of Fairport but it marked a real change in the
1: character of the Bethlehem community as well. Yeah, In all of these ways, our story as a congregation is one of being responsive to where God has planted us, grounded always in our love for one another. Sounds like something right out of today's gospel. Yes, it does. When Jesus
0: says, I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Jesus gives us this commandment so his disciples have some direction about what to do after he's gone. When they are living in a reality that they can't even fathom, when they don't know what to do or where to go, Jesus
1: tells them to use love as their compass. Right. And that's really what's happening. That's what's happened throughout Bethlehem's history. We are rooted in love, we are growing in love, and we are sharing that love because that's what Jesus told us to do. What we are called to do is clear, love one another. But that doesn't mean that that, it has always been clear how we do that. I can imagine how very disorienting it must have been for the people who had lived here in Fairport all of their lives and had been a part of the Bethlehem community as they watched all of these suburban housing developments shoot up and have so many people moving in from out of state to take corporate jobs with Xerox and Kodak. It must have changed the whole way of life. Yeah, and the way of church. The people who joined
0: this congregation didn't have family connections or roots in this area. They surely brought their own ideas and their own experiences to this community of faith.
1: Yeah. I think that's something that same thing is happening to us now. Everything about the world feels different than it was just a few years ago.
0: I agree between the pandemic and the changing demographics about who participates in organized religion, the world, the church, it can all feel really disorienting. You know, I I was talking recently uh, with Bishop Craig Satterley. Um, He was this congregation's first associate pastor back in the late 1980s, uh, and he now serves as bishop of another synod in the ELCA out in Michigan. And I was talking to him. He was asking about our anniversary um, celebrations and how they've gone. He's actually, kind of mark your calendars, he will be with us uh, to share the word through the sermon on June 5th. Um, so we're looking forward to his presence um, in that way. But he talked about um, with the congregations that, that he serves with in Michigan, how, how disorienting all of these changes have been for them. And he says what they've noticed again and again, is that the the trends uh, in participation and congregational life that they saw before the pandemic have been accelerated about 10 years. Um, so it's been two years of a pandemic, but it's as though our congregations have kind of aged 10
1: years. That makes a whole lot of sense for me in my experience of leading through this time. And so it also then makes sense that we keep going back to Jesus' words. I give you a new commandment, which is really an old commandment, That you love one another. Exactly. Love has always been
0: and will continue to be our compass. So our question is, how do
1: we love one another well today? That's always the question. How do we love each other well today? To know how to love each other, we have to listen to each other's stories, like Jesus always did.
0: Yeah, and like we've been doing throughout this year, None of us have been here throughout this congregation's 100-year history. Believe it or not, not one of us go back to the beginning. And those who've been around for a long while still do not share all the same experience or the same memories of the same experiences. So we listen to each other. We listen to those who've had different experiences, who've seen different things, or who maybe have even seen the same things, but experienced them differently. Our work is about staying open
1: and curious. and that's not just the work of our anniversary celebration. It's the work of loving each other well. It's the work of building a community on a foundation of love that's that's our work, exactly.
0: Pastor Amy, in your children's sermon um, on Sunday, you asked the kids to think of ways that they could love one another, and how do we show that love? And I think it's also a really good question to ask ourselves, how do you receive love? What helps you to feel loved? I know for myself, I feel loved when I feel seen. When someone takes an interest in getting to know me, I feel loved when my needs are met. Or when I'm asked, even, about what I need. I feel loved when I feel like I belong. Like it matters whether or not I show up. And I think the ways that we feel love can help to inform how we show that love to others. And I think it starts with not assuming we know everything about one another or our experiences or our take on the world but staying open
1: and curious, genuinely interested in one another. Absolutely. I think that's more important than ever at this stage of the pandemic. I keep hearing stories from people, even people here at Bethlehem, who feel like they have been forgotten or left behind. Those parents, moms and dads, whose kids have been out of daycare more than they've been in, and they wonder about the ability to keep doing work in that environment or moms who have stopped working simply because the juggle became too much for them or the kids and the adults whose mental health has suffered from way too much uncertainty, too much time away from routines or just too much time away from friends or family and the households who have had to find new housing and no one noticed when they weren't here anymore. Those who are particularly vulnerable to infection, who worry about staying safe and bearing the burdens of extra precautions on and on and on. Those are some of the people that I hear from who feel like they have been forgotten. Yeah. And
0: the burnout for, for all of us is real. More than two years of decision fatigue, figuring out what is safe and for whom, being ready to pivot to plan B or C or D. And the desire to get back to all that feels good and helps us feel connected, but maybe not having the energy or the bandwidth to do everything we used to do or to rebuild the social connections and the structures that support our life together that all have kind of fallen apart in the last couple of years. Yeah.
1: With all of the ways that our lives have changed over the last two plus years, we can't just pick, off, pick back up where we left off exactly it
0: we've all changed two years is a long time it is more than 85 percent of my youngest son's life wow pandemic is all that my boys really have ever known in two years we've all lost people who are dear to us others who have become caregivers for loved ones or received new diagnoses themselves Kids have gotten older. I mean, it's really noticeable for me when I look at my kids and see how much they have changed since that day in March of 2020 when everything shut down. But really,
1: all of us, we have all aged. <laughs> I, can, I can vouch for that. <laughs> and what that all means is that our way of life has changed too. We're not all in the same place that we used to be, both literally and figuratively, Many of us have noticed that this place, Bethlehem, looks different, too. Some of the familiar faces that we had grown used to are missing. And some new faces have shown up that we don't know anymore. And some of you connect only through this virtual space like a podcast. And that means we've never actually met you in person or even know anything about who you are. Yeah.
0: And for a community, that all can feel really disorienting. The usual touch points for ministry that we share together have shifted.
1: And it's kind of hard to know what our next step might be. But thankfully, we aren't the first people of God who don't know what to do next. Think about those first disciples. They left everything to follow Jesus. Then he tells them he's going to be betrayed and handed over to die. That's not how they expected their story to unfold. Right. And still... Jesus gives
0: them what they need to write to the next chapter. I give you a new commandment, he says, that you love one another. Pastor Sarah Scherzschlitz writes in the Christian Century magazine, Commandment means something specific here. The original commandments were given to the community of God's people in the wilderness in order that they would get through an unfamiliar and frightening place together. This is how we make it. This is what we do. The new commandment given to the disciples anticipates their disorientation and gives them the key to reorienting in life after Jesus' death. Love each other. We don't know all the next steps for us as a community of faith, but we know that our compass
1: has always been and will still be love. Yeah. Love. (laughs) Love for Jesus. And love shared with one another. Love is how we will mm-hmm. keep building lasting community, not just with the people that we see each week or those who tune in, tune in virtually, but in all the spaces in between and with the people we cross paths with beyond the walls of Bethlehem.
0: Exactly. Building lasting community. BLC, building lasting community. Our year of celebrations have clarified for the two of us, for Pastor Amy and myself, that building lasting community that follows Jesus is the work that lies before us. In a world that feels really disorienting, there is a lot that we don't know yet. But we're certain that building lasting community will look different going forward than it has in the past. And it starts with listening to each other getting to know one another and who we are today, honoring each other's experiences, however diverse or similar they may be, and honoring our stories as we weave together into a community that follows Jesus for this time and place.
1: Building lasting community honors what the Bethlehem community has always been about. People who love Jesus and love one another. That has been clear throughout this anniversary year. God's love made known in Jesus has carried us through all that has been. And God's love made known in Jesus has the breadth and the length, the height and the depth to sustain us through all that is yet to come. Thanks be to God. We hope you've been fed by the Word this week. Don't miss an episode. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And share your feedback with us at Word at blcfairport.org. And if you'd like to learn
0: more about Bethlehem Lutheran Church or support the ministry we share, including this podcast, please visit www.blcfairport.org.